screen are going up. The Football League Cup for the first time in their history. It's third time looking in the playoffs. Welcome to the Heavens Devils podcast, a Forest Green Rovers podcast by two millennial Americans who don't really know what they're talking about. My name is Nathan. This is Sham. Heavens Devils podcast. Two tough mutters marching in a Rodney parade. Oh, well done, Shimmy Shakes. Wow. Yeah, I said it. What? I said it. You said it. You said it. Oh, <laughs> I like that, Shimmy. I'm ready to do it. Let's get to it. So how are we feeling, Shimmy? <laughs> ecstatic. We're ecstatic, man. Let's we took go. all three points against those non-playable characters in Wales. Actually, every time I see NPC Newport County on a scoreboard, that's just what I think. When I see NPC, non-playable characters. And really, if you I think about it. it, they're just the NPC, NPC on the Forest Green Rovers quest for the championship football platform. Let's go, Shimmy. Shimmy, I am feeling phenomenal too. Shimmy, are we going to do it? Are we going to do it, Shimmy? Are we going to get promoted? I think we're going to do it. We're building our case match by match, man. They're giving us reason to hope, reason to believe. Say it ain't so, Shimmy. It's too early for that, but we love to overreact, Shimmy. So I'm all for it. Let's overreact, baby. I'm feeling amazing, Shimmy. Uh, still, I'm still high off that Dale Vince episode, Shimmy. I'm still high off that Newport win, Shimmy. And, Shimmy, the, the good times continue to roll because today we have the man in pink, Shimmy. Our goalkeeper, Lewis Thomas, he's coming off a brilliant clean sheet against Newport. We'll talk all about that later, but so excited to have Lewis Thomas, man. Just a great chat with the young Welsh keeper. He is a phenomenal keeper at that and a phenomenal guy, as you will see very soon. Um, We also have the return of the stat man on this episode. And finally, Shimmy, I am proper chuffed, I believe is the right term, proper chuffed. Actually, I'm way more than chuffed because I think chuffed is just like happy. I'm whatever's beyond chuffed, super chuffed because of that Newport match, Shimmy. God, are we... We're going to do it, Shimmy. Are we going to do it? Are we the best team in League 2, Shimmy? I mean, I think we're currently technically the second best (laughs) team in League 2, but we're playing like the gosh darn best team in League 2. I think it's in our grasp to be the top of this, to get that automatic promotion. So I'm feeling really good. And actually, it's funny that you called uh, Lewis Thomas the man uh, in pink. When you said that, I thought of Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs. He was a Steve Buscemi's oh, yeah. character. Uh, so yeah. I think I'm just going to pick that each time now. Although I'm sure Lewis Thomas is a great tipper. I'm sure he believes in tipping whenever he goes out and has a fine meal. <laughs> Classic scene, the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs. Rosemary goes. It's Kay Billy's super sounds of the 70s weekend just keeps on... Uh, Shimmy, last thing that I am thrilled about is this international fan brigade from the club. Dale mentioned it last week on the pod. The club dropped it last Sunday. Since then, we've been working on putting together two of them, actually. Uh, We had a meeting today with some great people here in New York City. Shout out to Ben. Shout out to Michael. Shout out to Rowan. Um, Big thanks to them to get the New York City FGR fan club off the ground. Uh, We're also working with our man, Big Jim Amos out in Cali, uh, who's going to help get the USA one off the ground. But on that note, if you are um, if you are down, if you are listening to this pod right now and you want to contribute to helping us start either the New York City or the USA Club, 
uh, let us know because we could definitely use the help um, getting it started up. Email us at heavensdevilspod at gmail.com. That's the right email, right, Sean? It's the correct email, yeah. All right. Uh, or hit us up on Twitter or IG at heavensdevspod and just let us know that you're, you're, you want to help. We would be happy to get you involved uh, in helping us set everything up. Um, and once it's set up, of course, we're going to let everyone know about it. Uh, anyway, Shimmy, I want to move on because we've got to talk about this amazing game with Newport. And we've got to get to our man, Lewis Thomas. Hey, DJ, keep playing that song all night. All so, Shimmy, what's our vegan beer? Our vegan beer this week is Stone IPA. It's an American IPA from Stone Brewery out in San Diego. It's a 6.9%. Um, American IPA, very hoppy, and I'm happy to be sipping on it today. Let's go, Shimmy. Cheers, Shimmy. Cheers to Dale last week. Cheers to big Lewis Thomas this week. Uh, or as they say in Wales, and I'm totally going to butcher this, Sean uh, Yaya. I don't know if that's right. That's probably not right. Sean Yaya to four screen rovers. Uh, please someone from Wales or Lewis correct us on that. Um, Cheers to all the joy also that the four screen rowers fans are feeling right now. It is a rare moment in time in a sports fan's life when just everything is clicking, everything is going your way. Uh, so we just got to enjoy this moment while we have it. Cheers, Shimmy. Cheers and cheers to you, Nathan, for making sure I'm not the only one with the worst Welsh pronunciation in this podcast. And I are a team, man. So, so cheers, but cheers to you and cheers to our team. Amen. Allow me to demonstrate the skill of Shaolin. All right, on to the match. Shimmy, Newport County, 0-0, zilch, clean sheet. Forest Green Rovers, 2, the deuce. Goals from Josh Davison and Big Jamma Jamil Matt helped Mark Cooper's men widen the gap between second and third and come within a point of first place Cambridge United as FGR take all three points on the mud of Rodney Parade, uh, or as you said, two tough mutters marching in a Rodney Parade. That was that was brilliant, Shimmy. First goal, uh, first goal came in the 43rd minute when Big Jamma, through owl-like vision, picked out Josh Davison on a long through pass, and Davison did the rest, scoring his second goal since joining us on loan from Charlton. Uh, and then the game was put to bed in the 63rd minute when X Exile. Exiled, exile? What's the proper term here? Anyway, former Newport man, Big Jamma, draws a pen from goalkeeper Nick Townsend and buries it in the bottom corner. 2-0 to the Rovers. Massive, massive win, Shimmy. Yeah, it was excellent. Man, that Josh Davison goal, just the skill he put on display. Yeah. He had stepovers. He made it himself on a tough pitch. That uh, was a thing of beauty. And then, of course... No, Jamil, Matt, big jamma, big jamma coming through, putting pressure on. You know, we were gifted that ball a little bit and a pass back to the, uh, you know, uh, Newport County keeper. But Jamma did his thing, man. He attacked. So we salute our two holdup heroes, salute. Big Jamma and Josh Davidson. Salute. I actually physically saluted there when you said that. but uh, that... Yeah, me too. You got to do it. <laughs> oh, Shimmy, we are firing on all cylinders right now, brother. Uh, we are the most consistent team in League Two right now. Dare I say the best, Jimmy. There is a real cohesiveness, togetherness in this team. They are fighting for each other. You see the confidence that they have in themselves, in each other, in, in Mark Cooper, the respect that they show him. I think we're going to do it, Jimmy. I think we're going to do it. But anyway, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's talk performances. 
at the back, Shimmy, we kept a clean sheet. Today's guest, Lewis Thomas. Fantastic, Shimmy. Just controlling the area, being aggressive, being decisive, coming out to collect, punching away corners. He was doing it all. He only had one ball slip through his fingers, but Shimmy, even the best. Even my, my main man, Jarvis Landry on the Cleveland Browns, drops passes from time to time. He was outstanding, though. I, th- I think if this ends nil-nil, he's, he's the man of the match. He was so good today. Um, also on the defense, uh, JMT was back today, which was great. He was outstanding. Dokes, phenomenal on the defense and charging forward on the attack. And Captain Chris Stokes, man, friend of the pod, led by example, led through his voice, led with every part of his body. He left it all on the pitch, Jimmy, literally, his skin, his blood, pieces of his teeth. Uh, he sent us a picture after the match with a, a gauze in his mouth with blood everywhere. Shimmy, uh, nobody in League Two leaves more of their body on these League Two pitches than Chris Stokes. You'll love to see it. Dale, if you're listening, that contract offer is still on the table. We haven't taken it off yet. No. Uh, yeah. Maybe because we don't know how to. We don't know how to actually reset <laughs> the contract. So. <laughs> uh, full credit, full credit, though, to Stokes and Lewis Thomas for leading that back line. Big shouts to Dokes, JMT, as well as Cooley Bailey and Drippy Dom. Uh, even though they, they play a little bit more forward today, but big credit to all of them on our clean sheet. Shimmy, our defense is looking secure. We're not making mistakes. We're kind of gelling at the right time. Yeah, it's so awesome to see. That's the one thing every match that you sort of dread is, are we going to make a defensive mistake? Exactly. But these past few performances, led by our captain, Chris Stokes, who, like you captain said, Chris. is putting his body on the line for the team, You know, willing to play a little bit of rugby even during a soccer match like we saw today. <laughs> um, was, well, it was a rugby yeah. pitch. So. It was a rugby pitch, exactly. So, um, yeah, we love to see it. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes. Oh, man, you're right. I, I mean, no mistakes, Shimmy. No mistakes. This team is really, uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see it all come together. Uh, the defense feels secure. And as long as we have that, we're going to win, Shimmy. Uh, Cooley Bailey again proved to be a threat up the left side. He almost created a few chances, um, but man, what what a brilliant job by Richard Hughes, by Dale Vince, by Mark Cooper, by anyone else who was involved in bringing in Cooley Bailey because he just seems to be the perfect replacement for Liam Kitching. Yeah, the club earned some good money for selling Liam Kitching on, but we reinvested it on a really strong player. We, you know, he was a little bit rusty in his first couple of matches, but he's coming good. Coming good, Shimmy. Coming good. You're right. He was a little rusty in the beginning, but he's he's really turned it on lately. Um, really excited to see him develop. Uh, also, while our defense seems more secure, in other good news, we also look way more dangerous up front. A lethal combination, Shimmy. In the, earlier in the year, we were making mistakes on defense, and we were not putting away chances on offense. That's changing, Shimmy. That connection between Davison and Matt that we've seen kind of in spurts uh, a few games prior, but really today the whole match, uh, it's, it's just very promising going forward. It's very exciting. Uh, Coop originally said that those two probably wouldn't play together that often because uh, he thought they were you know, a, a similar player. But, Shimmy, I don't think that's going to be the case going forward. They, they play so well together. Yeah, Josh Davison has really proved his mettle in terms of his work rate. Like, we know Jamma works so hard in his hold-up play to get in good positions. Hasn't always, you know, uh, reaped the rewards from that. But to now have a fellow compatriot on the front line 
just holding up play, running after balls, making those runs. They are they played excellent. Yeah, uh, Jamma man, man of the match, crazy assist, crazy assist, stupid assist to find Davison. <laughs> he drew the pen, buried the pen, uh, assist a goal for Big Jamma, heading back to his old home. Well-deserved man of the match. Yeah, especially against uh, you know your old club. Uh, Got to salute Jamma on that one. Big Jamma earned it um, fully today. Uh, overall, Newport was kind of disappointing. I mean, the, the pitch was just outrageous. Uh, I guess, I mean, I know they played a rugby match less than 24 hours before on the same pitch, and then there was some bad weather. Just out, <laughs> unbelievable pitch. Never seen that. Uh, but that, that's a League 2 difference, Shimmy. Um, but also, their, their play was kind of uninspired. You, you heard some, I don't know, kind of gross comments from people in the stands, which was weird. They had fans there as well. Yeah. Um, strange. Especially yeah. aimed at Stokes after he took an elbow to the face. Uh, it was just not a good look. Not the proudest moment for, for Newport County today. Um, but, but closing with a positive, just a professional performance, Shimmy. Full of grit, full of determination, full of resilience, focus, patience, organization. It was awesome shimmy awesome awesome win keep us second in the table four points ahead of third place cheltenham i think i said it right I, i'm on fire one point <laughs> yeah wow let's go one point it's a good day it is a good it day. is a good day one point behind cambridge united but we have two games in hand on cambridge united shimmy uh, and looking at the next four matches shimmy we have a massive massive opportunity to widen the gap we got south end on wednesday tomorrow or today depending on when you listen to this pod we have colchester we have stevenage and then we have grimsby those are our next four matches 22nd 20th 21st and 24th in the table respectively a perfect string of games that provides an opportunity for us to really build a cushion in that automatic promotion spot we gotta take advantage of this shimmy but things are looking good yeah i view this as our real test because as we've been following along the season, we know that sometimes um, our boys have played down to the level of lower opposition, right? Where we've drawn or lost. So even though we have this great opportunity, this is a huge chance for us to keep it in high gear. Let's get the new signings, continue to flourish, let them flourish, and hopefully we, we take the most points from these. Let's go, Shimmy. All right, Shimmy. Without further ado, we got to move to our conversation with goalkeeper Lewis Thomas, the man in pink, the man responsible for the clean sheet. Uh, man, this was a blast. I am a Lewis Thomas fan for life now. He was an amazing guy, a funny guy, also very patient and forgiving, uh, <laughs> yeah. as we saw in the Welsh accent challenge. <laughs> yes, very forgiving. So thank you, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if, if you don't already know Lewis, you're going to fall in love with him today because he's, he's awesome. You're going to love this guy. So let's get to it. Lewis Thomas. Can't touch me. I got instincts. Locked in the house, but I'm plotting things. Our next guest has been killing me. it in goal. Even in that seven-goal thriller against Oldham, he did a phenomenal job despite our team conceding three goals. Uh, he is the Swansea shot stopper. Our brother from another mother, our play it out from the back distributor from another mister. I think that works. The young goalkeeper who hails from Wales, the man in pink, Lewis Thomas. Welcome to the pod, Lewis. Afternoon, guys. No, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank, thanks for being here. And first, I got to compliment you, Lewis, because you have quite a few vowels in your name for someone from Wales. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't really notice that to be honest. Now you bring it up, I have got quite a few. So yeah. Um, uh, so my middle name. 
Oh, your middle name is uh, what? Reese? Is that right? Is Reese? That... Yeah, that's right. So none of that. <laughs> is that a common uh, Welsh like name? Yeah, it's it's my dad's name, so that's where that comes from. Ah, nice. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Nice. So speaking of Wales, Lewis, we are going to start with a game here. Um, so you are from Wales. You are a whale or whaler. I don't know what the appropriate term is, but you have a phenomenal accent. And so with that, <laughs> we are going to put your accent to the test against Sham here to see who can put on the, the best South Wales accent. So I'm going to throw some phrases at you that I want you each, okay. to, each to repeat. And then I'm going to judge and award a point to whoever does the best South Wales accent. All right, got it? Okay, fit. All right, all right, let's go. So South Wales accent challenge, Lewis Thomas versus Sham. Um, Sham, who, by the way, in an homage to Welsh legend and singer, Tom Jones. I'm going to call you Sham Jones for this, okay, Sham? Hey, yeah, that name, not unusual. Well played, well played. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Here we go. First one. Uh, we're gonna go Sean first, then Lewis. Oh, I'm Welsh. Okay. <clears throat> uh, oh, I'm Welsh. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm Welsh. Ooh. Okay. I gotta give that those one are... to Lewis. I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are not the same. <laughs> Lewis was more convincing there. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one. Uh, all right, but how's it going? All right. I want Lewis to go first this time, then Sean. All right, but how's it going? All right. All right, but how's it going? All right. <laughs> Sorry, Sham, I got to give that one to Lewis as well. Oh, man. Two, two, wow. two nil right now. Clean, right. Sheet, clean, sheets, clean sheet so far, Lewis. That's, <laughs> that's right. Clean sheet. All right, here we go. Uh, Sham first this time. I've come to read your water meter. I've come to read your water meter. <laughs> no. uh, uh, I've come to read your water meter. I, I got to give it to Lewis again, Sham. Three nil. He's killing you. Yeah. Sean, you were supposed to study the South Wales accent before this. All right, here we go. I've just, <laughs> I've just made a Nicky Cabin sculpture out of chicken wire and paper mache. Lewis first. Oh my God. Uh, I've just made it. an, I've just made a Nicky Cabin. What was it? Sculpture out of chicken sculpture. wire and paper mache. Out of chicken wire and paper mache. <laughs> okay. So, so obviously these are typical, you know, Welsh conversations, right? Okay, uh, so okay, uh, I've just made a Nikki Cadden sculpture out of chicken wire and paper mache. Four nil to no. Lewis. I'm sorry, Sean. Uh, Here we go. Jesus. Hey, Chris Stokes, nice clearance. Fancy a quad? <laughs> okay, so yeah, like I see what you mean about the uh, the consonants right there. Hey, Chris Stokes, nice clearance. Fancy a quatch? Uh, what's a quatch? Uh, Is that meant to be a cudge? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong and you can't. It's like the cuddle thing. Cuddle? Yeah, a, a cutch. Oh, a cutch. A cutch. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, perfect. go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, Greg Thieves, Chris Stokes, fancy a cutch. All right. Uh, well, Lewis, Lewis is going to win that one because uh, neither of us knew how to pronounce right. that word. All right. Is there is there is there a mercy rule to this game? <laughs> Five no, no mercy. Five no. <laughs> Jade's food was tidy darts today, especially the vegan garlic mayonnaise. Jade's food was a tidy touch today, especially the uh, mayo, or the garlic mayonnaise. <laughs> All right. Jade's food was tidy darts today, especially Jade's vegan garlic mayonnaise. I got to give that one to Sham. I got to give that, that one to Sham. Good. That was good. That was, that was okay. season. Yeah. You were more yeah. convincing that you were Welsh there than Lewis Thomas, who's from Wales. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Just a couple more. Put the popcorn in the pop de ping. 
The match is about to start. Put the popcorn in the Pepti Ping. The match is about to start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, put the popcorn in the Pepti Ping. The match is about to start. Lewis. All right, last okay. one. Here we go. Uh, Sham, I want you to go first on this one. I'm from Lanelli. <laughs> uh, I'm from Lanelli. <laughs> All right, Lewis. <laughs> I'm from Sanathlete. There we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> got you, Sean. Uh, Sean got one. Sean got one, and I don't, I don't remember what the score was. 7 0, 7 1. Not, not 7 0, 7 1. All right. Thank you for playing that stupid game with us, Lewis. Uh, let's move on to some real questions here. First, how many posters of Tom Jones do you have in your bedroom? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No more, no more Welsh jokes. No more Welsh uh, jokes. No. Okay. Uh, but for real, <laughs> is the tractor. In the south stand, yours is that your parking spot on match days? Uh, the tractor, no, that doesn't belong <laughs> to me, unfortunately. I wish it did. <laughs> All right, I, I, no more Welsh jokes for real this time. Uh, I, I guess I, we, we looked that up. I guess that's like a thing that people say about people from Wales, like, oh, yeah, we got quite a few, quite a few farms around, so a lot of farmers, so a lot of tractors, <laughs> yeah. in other words. Love it, love it. All right, so, so what are age did you uh, start playing, Lewis? Um, I started playing football at the age of five. Um, with my just my local side called uh, they were called Lando Colts, and then I was picked up by uh, Swansea City at the age of eight and did all the trial system. Thankfully, got picked for the center of excellence and went from there. Wow, oh, that's, eight yeah, years that's, old that's crazy. Yeah, it was quite young, I uh, didn't really have much of a social life growing up, so that was <laughs> the sacrifice, I guess. You Hey. Yeah, so were you always a goalkeeper from your youth playing days, or do you move around positions since you started so young at the age of eight? Um, I used to uh, mix between centre-back and goalkeeper, so me and one other boy at the local club um, would would uh, take in turns each game to play goalkeeper or centre-back. And then when I went to the trials, I took goalkeeping gloves with me, uh, obviously, and they, and they just said, oh, goalkeepers were over there. So I just went over there and never looked back from there, really. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, did you, is that the point that you knew that you wanted to be a keeper when you were there at the center of excellence and things like that? Or when did it really click for you? Like, like why did you um, bring the, the, the goalie gloves to the center of excellence? Yeah. I just yeah. thought, I'd, I'd, um, because obviously I played in goals for the, uh, my local side, I just thought, oh, I'll bring them along just in case they look at different positions. But I went there in the trenches of becoming a center, center back. but. Oh no, wow! As soon as they saw the, as soon as, as, soon as they saw the goalkeeping gloves, they sent me over with the keepers. <laughs> Fair enough. But hey, it's perfect, right? Like the modern exactly. goalkeepers, like a sweeper-keeper sort of thing. So that's right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Even with even in the school games, I didn't really enjoy playing in goals in school games. So I used to play outfield and midfield. So I guess that's where that helped. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, perfect. So can you tell us a little bit more about your time at Swansea? Yeah, of course. Um, so I joined I joined the uh, the excellence at the age of eight, as I said, and I've started the under nines. I uh, worked up all the way then through to the under 23 side. So I think it was when I was about 12, I signed signed a four year deal, taking me up to 16. And then I signed my scholarship as a 15 year old. So I knew I had something after school then ready in place. Um, so I did one year scholarship and signed my prof professional contract, which was a great feeling for me considering it was the club that I, I grew up with and supported as a boy. And then, yeah, did another three years as a pro at Swansea before moving on. And what's that like when you're in the academy? Are you actually like, you go to school in the day and you have training at night? What's like the... Yeah, so when it first started off, we would only train three times a week. It would be a Monday, a Wednesday and a Friday. And then we play on a Sunday. Um, so, but I think it's a lot different now for boys growing up. They train every single day. They come out to school. 
Um, it's pretty much non-stop and I, I sort of feel sorry for them because they don't have that time away from football. It's just football 24-7. Yeah. But yeah, but for me, no, it was just three times a week. And then I think as we got to under 14s and 15s, that's when it was full time. We were in every day, training, uh, play games on the weekend, have a Sunday off, so to say. And then, yeah, back to it again. Wow. So you, you came to Four Screen Rovers in 2018, which actually makes you the longest serving consecutive FGR player on the current roster. I guess that says something about our, our, our player turnover. But uh, why did you come to, to Four Screen Rovers? Um, I, I came to Forest Green just because I saw the uh, infrastructure that was in place and the plan that the chairman wanted to deliver on it. I was really impressed by it all. I thought, wow, this is something I want to be a part of one day and hopefully hopefully really kick on there. Um, but I, I went to I went on trial to Forest Green. I went on trial at uh, Yeovil. And um, I think I think both clubs were interested in speaking to my agent. And then, um, yeah, I thought Forest Green was a better fit for me. And this turned out okay in the end. Yeah, you're leading us to League One, Lewis. <laughs> leading us to League One. It's awesome. So what, what's been your experience so far? Has, has it met your expectations um, that you had going into it? The reason that you chose to come to FGR? Has your experience matched that? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, coming out of an academy, so to say, into men's first team football was a, a big culture shock. Um, moving away from home for the first time, that was something that was new to me. So I found that difficult to start, but really then I embraced that and really enjoyed it. But um, the first year I was at Forest Green, I went out on loan. So that, I think that really helped as well. Um, I trained with Forest Green throughout the week and then I'd get a game on the weekend for a team called Yate. So that worked out very nicely for me and I managed to pick up about 30 games on loan there. Oh wow! Wait, what's the name of the team? A team. It's a team called Yate Town, and it's uh, it's in the Bristol area, not far from Nailsworth. I have no idea how you would spell that. Yid Town. Yid Town. Yid. So Y A T E. Y A T E. Oh, got you. Yate. Okay, yeah, got. Yet. I love it. The Swansea accent. Okay, <laughs> Yate. Got you. Got you. Okay. So, what's a typical day for you like as a footballer? Uh, like, say, what's your average Thursday routine? So probably an average Thursday routine would be we'd train in the morning. We'd, um, with it being a Thursday, we'd go through clips of the um, opposition we're playing on the weekend. So see what their strengths are, where we think we can hurt them, how we're going to set up. Um, we'll go through shape then uh, in the training session and other individual bits. And then we'll do a gym session afterwards, uh, whether it be power, lower, uppers, uh, whatever really suits us. It's, we get a bit of a free reign in the gym, which is good. And then I'll come home and um, at the moment I'm doing a, a bookkeeping course and a business and football course, so I'll get that done. And then I'll just really chill out then and play a bit of a, uh, PlayStation and have some food. Nice. Oh, nice. So, so what's your cool. game of choice? Uh, probably Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, it's a big favorite of mine now. Nice. Shimmy, you play <laughs> that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, me and some buddies, we always, uh, <laughs> I guess, especially in quarantine, that's been like uh, a go-to uh, communion. Yeah. You know, that's how we can kind of spend time together as friends. Yeah, the first lockdown, we had uh, all my mates would be on and we'd be off to late at night. And it was, it was good just to communicate with people rather than being stuck in the house. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You play yeah. with anyone on the team? Um, I haven't played anyone on the team at the moment because uh, all my mates tend to be online. But I know a couple of the boys play it. Uh, you got Aaron Collins loves it. Uh, Dan Sweeney, <laughs> Kane, uh, Cad, so them they're all on it. So yeah, <laughs> it's a real good uh, group. That's awesome. And you, you said you're you're taking business classes as well. Yes. Yeah, so um, I would just wanted to do something in my spare time. So um, I 
we we have a great thing here called the PFA who um, will fund certain courses for us. So I was speaking to them and seeing what courses were available and um, I decided to take a bookkeeping course just to pass the time. And then they said that they have this uh, business in football course as well and be um, wondered if I was interested in that. And I thought, yeah, why not? Just do it. It's an eight-week course. Uh, and at the end of it, you get a certificate and whatnot. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, that's one of the strange things about being a footballer is your career doesn't last forever, you know, as, as you know, other, nor, you know, traditional careers do. So yeah. you have oh, to you're make... In a, you're, in a, you're in a good position. If you're going to yeah, be yeah. longevity, goalkeeper is a good position to be a footballer. Right? That's true. Yeah. Goalkeeper is a good position for <laughs> yeah, longevity. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. But, uh, but still, you have to think about, you always have to think about the future. Mm-hmm. What is going to come after football? And it's really nice to see that you're, you know, keeping your options open. So that's awesome. Yeah. And like you said, we've got so much spare time on our hands as well. It's, it, I feel like it's critical just to get something done and keep the mind active. Absolutely. Yeah, so true. And um, so, how, you know, how do you find living? Do you feel like you're, you're a little more settled now? You've had to be on your own since a very young age. We know that most players' careers take them you know, all over uh, the UK. Um, how do you, you know, kind of manage that? Do you kind of rent apartments? Do you feel hesitant to put down roots? How are things like the commute for you? Yeah, um, like you said, it's hard to really, um, it's hard to really settle somewhere um, because of uh, because of football. So if you're looking to buy a house, it can be tough, especially in the lower league where it's only one and year, one two year contracts. Um, but at the moment, I'm renting here. Um, I was living with Carl Winchester. Oh wow! Got a fantastic move to Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I lived with him for two two and a half years. Oh wow! Uh, it was me, him, and a boy called Nathan McGinley who was here last year. And a boy called James Montgomery was here before that as well. So, yeah, I'm the final one out of them for. So, yeah. <laughs> so wait, you have the whole apartment to yourself now? No. So, me and Carl moved in the summer because the two other boys had left. So, we oh, had a gotcha. house beforehand and now we moved into an apartment. Oh, but okay. uh, my girlfriend's up for me at the minute, so that's nice as well. Is he, is he Winnie Esther around the apartment as well? Uh, he's <laughs> Winnie Esther around the apartment as well, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, what do you love about playing the position of goalkeeper? Good question. Um, I enjoy the responsibility. Um, the fact that if you do make a mistake, it could it could lead to your team losing. Uh, nine times out of ten, if you make a mistake, it's going in the back of the net. Like yesterday, I got away with one, um, a poor throw up by me, which um, which really frustrated me. But I got away with it, and that's part and parcel of being a goalkeeper. Wasn't going to um, mention that. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn from that. It's not an issue. Um, but yeah, you know mistakes are going to happen. It's the it's the way of football. But uh, like for a striker, if you miss a miss a goal, not too much is said. But as a mm-hmm. goalkeeper, you miss a you make a mistake, then it, it backfires usually. But yeah, I love that responsibility and like yesterday, holding on to a lead and gr- really grinding it out and just trying to do my bit for the team. That confidence oh, really comes through. Yeah, like like you said, you yeah. have a leadership role even though you're in the back of the pitch. Like that confidence yeah. can transfer to supporters as well. Yeah, and Lewis, you're, the reason you love it is the reason I would hate it. And I feel like most <laughs> most normal humans would hate it. You, you have to be like yeah. built different, Lewis, to be, because like you said, you make a small mistake, that's a goal and you are all over the, you know, the internet. Uh, you know, a midfielder makes a mistake. Nobody really sees it. A striker misses a, you know, striker misses a, a open chance on goal. Uh, unless it's like, you know, in your face, obvious, you know, no one's going to really, you know, say too much about it. But goalkeeper, man. So much responsibility. I would be like a, ner- a nervous wreck the whole, the whole game. So, do you ever get nervous like when you're out there on the pitch or you're just kind of like locked in in the zone? 
Uh, when I'm out on the pitch, I don't tend to get nervous, uh, usually beforehand. So before the Leighton Orion game, I was nervous because it had been that long before I'd played a league match. I think it was yeah. nearly 10 months on since I played my last one. Wow. But yeah, once, I'm, once I've done my warm-up and I'm on the pitch, I feel all right then. That's when, that's when I'm, the adrenaline kicks in and I'm ready. Nice. But um, even beforehand, I tend to listen to some podcasts and just try to chill out. And I like the the high performance podcast. I'm not sure if you've been able to listen to that, but it's a really good podcast as well. Maybe yeah. you'll add the Heaven's Devils podcast to that list of. Uh... No, I'm just oh, kidding. Definitely. We're gonna make yeah. you more more nervous. Don't don't listen to us beforehand. <laughs> We're gonna make you dumber about soccer if you listen about football. Yeah. If you listen to us. We might re- we might retitle this the low performance podcast. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the high performance. We're the low performance podcast. <laughs> But man, I would get nervous, especially like playing it out from the back, especially if the other team has a high press on, I would be like, nope, I'm not playing this up. I'm just booting it <laughs> forward, not taking any chances, but that's not what you do. Um, and, and it's really cool. Your composure really, really comes through and it's a huge benefit to the team. Um, back pass too. Like, do, do you hate a back pass or you're like, yeah, give me the ball so I can, like, I would be no. nervous if I, <laughs> I would hate a back pass. Cause again, it's like a huge opportunity to make a mistake, give up a goal. <laughs> No, I'm quite happy to receive the ball. Um, I know that distribution is a is one of the strengths of my game. So yeah, um, I'm always happy to get in the ball. I probably overplay sometimes. Um, I'm trying to adapt my game a little bit, to, especially way far screen play. We've we've been known for playing out, but yeah, teams are starting to switch on to that, and we've got to try to adapt. So I'm I'm working on my longer stuff. I'm trying to find hit jammer, so to say, or the full backs and the wide men um, being more accurate with that. So yeah, I, I do most of the work in training and then it, set, it sets me in good stead, ready for the game. Yeah, you actually, I, that's that's gonna lead to a question here in a second, but um, I, I don't remember what game it was, I wanna say two or three games ago, but I remember you were the reason, like you set up a goal. You should have got the assist, you didn't, because I think <laughs> you launched to Cadden, who launched it to someone, I don't remember, maybe maybe it was Cargill yeah. to Callan, Lewis to the, Cargill the to Callan. Late game, yeah. Late Norian, there Callan, we go. Yeah. That was outstanding, and that was all you. They had to finish as well, but that was just brilliant vision and just outstanding skill to get, get it up there. Anyway, uh, I'm going to come back to, to goal kicks and, and long passes in a second, but how do you feel about shots on goal? And based on what you said, I kind of think I know your answer, but I, I imagine it's kind of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you want to play, you want to have fun, you want to be busy, you want to make saves. But on the other hand, you want to keep goals out and keep a clean sheet. So I guess, like, would you rather have, like, a ton of shots on goal, amazing saves, you let one in, but you win, or would you rather have, like, no shots on goal, bored to death, but you get a clean sheet and you win? Uh, I'd rather the second option, I'll be honest. Um, if, I, oh. if I've had nothing to do in the game, um, I know that I've probably done a good job in organizing. and nice. setting up right. Mm. And we've been real solid as a team, so I prefer that than, yeah, being busy constantly and... Um, then have the one odd goal, but yeah, for me, I'd rather be quiet, let my voice do the talking, and be solid as a team at the back. Um, so, Lewis, this may come as a surprise to you, but I have extensive experience as a goalkeeper on PlayStation <laughs> when I play FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> and from that experience, I never goal kick, like, I never take a goal kick long because, like, half the time, the other team's just going to take possession back. It's just like a complete shot in the dark. So, I always play it out from the back. Um, so I, you got. I want to. I want to ask you if you. What do you take a goal kick, a long one? Are you actually aiming for someone, or are you just like launching it and hoping like something good happens? No, I'm actually aiming for someone. So um, usually the target will be big jammer, because his hold up play is so good and he's so strong in the air. Then uh, we got. I know that I got a better chance of 
getting the second ball or even keeping the first ball if I hit jammer. But um, yeah, we always have a plan in place. So um, yesterday it was to hit hit the far left side um, because mm. the right back was an ordinarily a right back. So yeah, we always have a plan in place and we always have a target we're looking to hit. Nice. All right. Maybe I need to sign Jamma to my FIFA team so I have a, <laughs> a better shot on those. Well, we're curious what it's like for goalkeepers during things like training or other team exercises. Are you guys kind of like the outcasts of the team because you're, you know, you train in a, in a separate way, your position is different, um, or does everyone integrate and get time to bond as teammates as well? Uh, it's a real mixture, to be honest. Um, like you said, sometimes we're away from the team because we'll get our own individual bits done. Um, hmm. But at, even at the middle, during the middle or the end of the session, we'll always come together, whether it be small-sided games, possession, drills, um, patterns of play. We'll always do something as a team. And that's where the, the, the conversations take place and the communication with the outfielders and getting a real um, a real good relationship there. So maybe you can educate us even a little bit more, uh, because you know we're we're two dumb Americans. We don't really <laughs> know the intricacies of the game. But what should we be looking for to assess a great goalkeeper performance? Um, you know, apart from making saves and stopping shots. Oh, that's a real good question. Um, it, it's hard to explain it if you haven't really played in the position. Um, it, because even stuff I might say, you might still find hard to understand because you've never been physically in that position. But um, for me, when I look at a good goalkeeper, I, I tend to look at his presence and um, how he conducts himself around the pitch and whether he's coming for crosses, is he secure in his handling, is he nice and crisp with his passing, um, what's his start, starting position like for through balls, uh, starting position for crosses, is he is he aggressive in coming for crosses or is he holding back? There's so many different aspects to goalkeeping and there's so many different goalkeepers out there. So um, like uh, the boy we had here, Robert Sanchez, a couple of years back from crosses, he was unbelievable. So aggressive, so powerful. Um, he's at Brighton yeah, now, right? Brighton now, yeah, and he's doing wow. really well, to be fair to him. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. You've got so many different goalkeepers, but I think each goalkeeper knows what his strength is and you sort of play to your strengths and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a real good yeah. question and there's so much detail around it <laughs> yeah no and that, you that, said like that, each individual <laughs> player has his own like personality um yeah. but also i think what, what you've shown, uh, shown a light on is that it's not just a, you know a guy standing between the sticks right it's really <laughs> right. A posi- it, like you have to have a great positional sense and anticipate like really greatly and be a leader right because you're organizing yeah. players you're yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a, is there a keeper that you kind of like try to model yourself after or look up to? Uh, so from my time at Swansea, it was uh, Lucas Fabianski. Um, oh, wow. He was he was oh, excellent. Nice. He was a, he was a top top goalkeeper, and just from even the work he did in training, just to see what it was to to get to that uh, Premier League and how hard you have to work. Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure to watch and be around. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm a gooner as well before I came to FGR. So I always love yeah. to see, you know, uh, somebody big up Fabianski. And he's having a great season up at West Ham as well. They're yeah, he's awesome. been excellent, to be fair. Because yeah. um, even when he came to Swansea from Arsenal, he was labelled Flabianski and all that. And when yeah. he oh, wow. thought, how, how is that coming about? Because this guy is ridiculous. He's so... <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, the, that's the way of a goalkeeper. Uh, the right fit uh, goes a long way. And I think Swansea was a real good fit for him at that time. He's been with the club for a couple of seasons. What do you think about this year's FGR team? 
I think this year's team is a really good team. Um, to be fair, every year that I've been here, I think we've built and built and built, and we've always had a good, solid team. Um, we've lost some good players throughout the years, uh, boys like Reese Brown, Liam Kitchen, Carl mm. Winchester this year. But I think we've always replaced well and brought in boys who suit the football. And um, yeah, we're having another really positive season, and hopefully, it can continue. What's your relationship like with McGee? I mean, I, it's got to be tough because you guys are teammates. You're like brothers bonded in goalkeeping, you know, goalkeeping brothers. Uh, you're probably closer than other players because you spend, I would assume, more time together than you spend with other players. But you're also direct competitors. What's what's that relationship like? Yeah, it's a, it's a competitive relationship. It's a, a really good relationship. Um, we constantly talking to each other in training, uh, giving out pointers, advice. Um, for me, he's someone to learn off because he's played uh, a number of games, m- many more than I have. Um, but yeah, we have a real tight unit. Uh, and with Dan, the goalkeeping coach as well, it's a really good unit and a real competitive unit. So against, uh, actually sticking on McGee for a second. So against, I think it was Leighton Orient and definitely against Cheltenham, uh, McGee was injured and there was there yeah. were no other keepers on the bench. So what would have happened if you got hurt? Who, who, who's going um, in goal? I'll be honest, I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> I've seen I've seen Ibu in training a couple of times. Ibu's not bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. So maybe that was a shout there. But no, um, I wasn't really focused on that, I'll be honest. I was just focused about uh, playing and doing my best. Yeah, yeah, so, no. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty rare that a goalkeeper gets injured in a match anyway, but yeah. still, it's like, oh my God, who would go in there if Lewis gets hurt? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, well, we've seen it. We've seen Ibu go down like in midfield, so we know he can get down for some of those daisy cutters. And- that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, going back to my professional experience on FIFA and PlayStation, <laughs> uh, it happened to me once, actually, Lewis. I was playing with FGR and you were the keeper and you got injured. And for some reason, the oh, AI. Yeah. The artificial intelligence put in Jaden Richardson. I don't know why, oh, but maybe yeah. So maybe maybe we should give him a look. Maybe on I, I don't know. Maybe on FIFA his goalkeeping stats are higher than everyone else, but they put him in there for some reason. <laughs> I'll get him in goals in training next week and see how he does. That's right. <laughs> FIFA knows something we don't. Possibly, uh, yeah. You're right. There. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, Lewis, what do you think about the club's mission off the pitch, and how has it affected you personally being affiliated with Forest? I've really enjoyed it. Um, I think the club's becoming to uh, is really known worldwide now. Like with you guys in America, um, mm-hmm. I think I got followed by a South Korean Forest Green uh, yeah. forum the other day on Instagram. Uh-huh. So um, the club's really doing well, and um, all credit to the chairman and his ideas. I've really embraced the the vegan stuff in tra- in uh, in uh, at the training ground and in matches. Uh, like you said, Jade, who you've had on here is a unbelievable cook and yeah having her food you wouldn't tell he was vegan sometimes you you'd be surprised but uh the whole plan that he has in place and what he's trying to achieve i think is inspiring and the likes of hector bettering getting involved now as well i, I think it's only gonna benefit the club and really push it forward so we want to close out here yeah. with a quick game just to kind of okay. get to know the team a little bit so we're going to ask you some questions and we want to tell you yep. we want you to tell us which player most embodies this description and oh. i promise you won't be subjected to my insanely bad welsh accent. So <laughs> oh yeah sorry it's done one more rule. Be surprised don't worry about that <laughs> i was gonna say one more rule sham and i have to ask you in welsh accents <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. oh, we're, not, no. we're not gonna do that <laughs> go ahead sham 
Okay, um, so Lewis, which player on the team do you most not want to go up against during training? I'd have to say Jake Young. Youngie's finishing is really good, and it's a, we ever mm-hmm. when we do shooting practices, it's a really good competition between me and him. He, oh, get, wow. he gets really annoyed sometimes when I save it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, it's, oh. a, it's an enjoyable competition with him. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Young, we we awesome. are big, big young Jake Young fans. Uh, love it when he comes on. Um, so who who's the uh, who's the funniest guy on the team, Lewis? The funniest. Oh, um, it's a close one between Waggy and Dan Sweeney. Ah, oh, uh, interesting. So Scott Wagstaff and Dan Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah. Them two are always up to something, and yeah, real, <laughs> real good laugh. There's um there's some training ground pranks that usually them two are at the front of. Oh, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, so awesome. them two are good characters. Yeah, we usually we we've actually heard that we had we were talking to Stokes the other day, and he mentioned uh, Sweeney, and I could see Waggy. I don't know, just because with, with the uh, the beard that he had at, at Wimbledon, yeah. uh, I could yeah. see him being a jokester. I like that. Uh, yeah, um, he's a Cockney, so um, he's a London boy, and he's got that that swagger and that. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good laugh, is Waggy. Nice. So, who is the guy everyone looks up to on the team? Um, you'd have to say the likes of. Jammer and Stokesy, um, mm. they're, they're the experienced boys. Like, to be fair, if you're 26 in this team, you're, quite, you're seen as old. Right, right. We're so, <laughs> the age of our team. Yeah, so, Stokes yeah, and Jammer to... are dinosaurs now. <laughs> <laughs> so them two, along with uh, Waggy and Jordan Moore Taylor, they've been uh, been up the leagues, and yeah, we we probably look up to them the most and. Trying to drive us forward and help us with that experience. I see. Who, who's the uh, smartest guy on the team? Who's the big nerd? Uh, there's not too many of them, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, uh, there's a couple of uh, a couple of donuts in there, but um, <laughs> the one I tend to have probably the most conversation about work outside of football with is Jammer. Uh, Jammer does a lot of courses. Yeah. Um, I think he's got a I think he's got a master's in something or a degree in something. So yeah, awesome. uh, jam, I'd say Jama. That was gonna be my guess, actually. I, I, yeah. I would. That was gonna be my guess. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. So who's least likely to return the key card to the hotel desk upon checkout from a hotel on an away day? <laughs> oh, there's too many of them as well. I'd have to say. I'd have to say Jake Young or Jaden Richardson. Yeah, one of them too. <laughs> I love it. Well, I didn't expect you to have an answer to such a specific question, but there we go. Uh, all right, here we go. Here's another one for you. Who is the best at opening jars that have like a really tight lid on them? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what would I say? Uh, either Kane Wilson or Diane Sweeney. Them two in the gym but uh, big oh, wow. guys. I'll well, probably give my jar opening to them. <laughs> I thought I nice. figured you'd say you or, or McGee because I feel like goalkeepers goalkeepers you can have like a tight grip on the ball. Uh, sometimes the hands are too big to get around around the top of the jazz. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, here, here's here's a follow up. Who's most likely to take credit for opening the lid after somebody's done most of the work? Yeah, when someone <laughs> loses it first. Uh, uh, last perfect. one here. Last one, Lewis. Last one. Who is most likely? to leave the store instead of asking for help when they can't find what they're looking for? Oh, um, <laughs> who would that be? 
That would probably be Stokesy. Yeah. Stokesy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Stokesy. Oh, I love it. I, I gotta. I, that's my boy Stokesy. That's me too, man. If I go into a store, I can't find anything. I'm not. I'm just leaving. I'm, I, I'm not gonna ask anyone. All right, Lewis. This has been amazing. You have been amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, you can find this man in goal in a bright pink shirt every Tuesday and Saturday, making saves, directing the back line, distributing from the back, booting the ball up to Big Jamma. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter at Lewis underscore Thomas 97 and Instagram at Lewis underscore Thomas underscore 97. Uh, Lewis, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. No, thank you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lewis Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. Fantastic human being. I'm a fan for life now, Shimmy. Yeah, same here, Nathan. Um, he had such a wonderful performance returning back to Wales. We know he's a Swansea boy, but he did it at um, at NPC. So just what a great guy. What a great guy. Uh, also, I love that he called his teammates donuts. I never heard that term before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. We got a couple of donuts on the team. That was awesome. Uh, also, I'm surprised by how quickly he was able to answer some of those, some of our oddly specific questions about teammates. Like, well, that goes to show, you know, like he told us, being a goalkeeper is about observing the game, being aware at all times, and yeah. it shows, man. He knows his teammates. He knows his teammates. He's watching you at the hotel desk, teammates. <laughs> so watch your back. <laughs> yeah, he knows uh, what you ordered for room service. All right. So. Oh man, but no, seriously, Lewis Thomas, thank you so much. That was it was awesome. We really appreciate you giving us your time and your patience and your energy. It was a blast. We are fans for life now. Um, all right, Shimmy, let's go to. Statman. I'm a scat. Statman. All right, we are back with Statman, Statman the segment, and Statman, the person. Chris Latham, welcome back to the pod, Statman. Chris, how how are you feeling today? Feeling good, thanks. Feeling good. Good. Well, we are so thrilled that you decided to come back after round one. It was such a hit. We can't wait for round two. So, Statman, what is our stat today? So, um, I know I did a, a stat on your guest last week, but I've done it again because I'm a big fan of Lewis Thomas. Um, so, I started off, I looked into it because he, he's like in and out of the team. He's like, he steps up when he needs to, though, it feels like. So, I had a look at each time he's been recorded to League Two football. Um, so, he's been like five times he's been back into the team in League Two. Um, and I just looked at it and thought... How, he, he's kept three clean sheets out of that. Because I think being a goalkeeper must be the hardest job in football. So to come back into a team with a defence who's used to someone else, keep three clean sheets from five, it's pretty impressive. And then I looked, and this, like, so that was what I was going to go with. But then I looked at it, his stats from last season and this season, and in both so far, he has 50% clean sheet ratio. And wow. that is ultimate consistency. And I think that's, that's superb. I like that. That yeah, no, that is superb. And what you say, I think, is is very is true based on what he just told us actually in the interview. <laughs> I may have edited it out. I should add it back in. But he talked about how difficult it is not just not not just well, how difficult it is to go a long period without playing. He's like, there's nothing that matches or even comes close to comparing to the intensity of an actual match. No training can prepare you for it. And so he talked about you know what yeah what a big challenge it is. So the fact that 
he comes in after, you know, like you said, after these big breaks and keeps clean sheets is, that's really astounding, actually. And you you, you imagine, like, what, what could happen if there was more consistency there? Yeah, I think it, it's just brilliant, really. I think it just says a lot about his mindset, his mentality, really, to yeah. be able to come in and do that. See, if you're playing outfield, if you get something wrong and miskick it, no one might, you know, probably won't notice. <laughs> if you do that in goal, he's going in the back of the net and everyone's <laughs> in the back, so credit to him. Chris, have you already heard our interview with uh, with Lewis? Because we talk exactly, <laughs> just, exactly about yeah. that, too. <laughs> yeah, this is perfect. Crazy. People are going to think, for the record, Chris has not heard the interview, but th- that's awesome. We talked about that exact same thing as well. No, it's a great point. Great point. Yeah, I mean, we, we see that uh, Lewis Thomas is always at the ready. You know, he's not someone that's mm-hmm. satisfied with, you know, being a second choice keeper, it seems like. And maybe, you know, um, these stats can keep building up his um, preeminence in the fan base as well. That was great. I, I knew he was destined for greatness before he played because he was warming up when I walked in the stadium once and one of the shots came over the barrier and I threw it back and he caught it. And my throws aren't particularly good, so that's nothing. <laughs> it's how bad they are. The, the fact that he was able to predict the, the feeble flight of the ball. <laughs> He's ready for anything. Ready that's for right. Anything. Exactly, yeah. That's the stat too. There we go. We got a two for one there. Thank you, Chris Latham, for another amazing week of Statman. We stat appreciate man. it. Statman. Statman. Stat man. All right. That was Chris Latham with Statman. Man, <laughs> still a banger. It's a catchy tune. <laughs> All right. So tomorrow or today or who knows, yesterday, whenever you're listening to this match, we have Southend. We're not going to talk about the Southend match. We kind of talked about it last week. And again, it's you may have, it may, may have already happened by the time you're listening to this pod. So we're not going to pre- pre- preview that. Instead, let's go on to Colchester and Stevenage. So Colchester on Saturday night game, prime time, prime time. Yes, Jimmy, prime time game, 7.30 p.m. if what I'm seeing here is correct uh, in the U.K., which means 12.30 p.m. here in New York City. Which means, yeah, no, not 12.30, 2.30, yeah. Oh, my goodness, 2.30 here. Is that yeah, right? Great kickoff for us. Let's go, 2.30 p.m., woo. All right, primetime, baby. We made it to primetime. Uh, Colchester are currently 20th in the table. They have not won a match, Jimmy, since all the way back on December 8th in the year 2020, wow. Jimmy. Wow, that seems like ages ago already. Seems like ages ago. Oh, my goodness. Uh, They are 19th in the XG table, 20th in the Big Green Prediction Machine rankings, and the Big Green Prediction Machine gives us a 57.1% chance of winning, 25% chance of a draw, 18.2% chance of Colchester winning, and predicts a score of 2.03 to 0.559. So, Shimmy, I got to go 2-0 win. We're getting another clean sheet, baby. Back-to-back clean sheets. What do you got? Yeah, I've got full belief in our boy, Lewis Thomas. I think we are going to give another clean sheet. And I have to agree with you. I think it's going to be a 2-0 win for us. Yeah, let's go, Shimmy. 2-0, 2-0, baby. Add them all together. That's 4-0. <laughs> yeah, let's go. All right. So uh, moving on to next Tuesday, we head to take on Burger King royalty, Shimmy. We head to the castle where the Burger Kings and Queens live, Stevenage, and... We, we pay a visit to one of our favorite guys, also a fan favorite, Maddie Stevens. Stevenage, 
currently 21st in the table, 21st in the XG table, and 21st in the Big Green Prediction Machine rankings. Jimmy, the stars have aligned. They're 21st everywhere. Let's go. Uh, the Big Green Prediction Machine gives us a 50% chance of winning, 22% chance of a draw, and it gives them a 22%... Wait, that doesn't add up. 22% chance of winning. I'm, I've added something wrong here. I think it's supposed to be 28% chance of a draw, 22% chance of winning. I copied it down wrong from the, B, from the BGPM. Anyway, Big Green Prediction Machine says 1.89 to 1.02. So, Shimmy, I'm going to go 2-1 here. I need a Matty Stevens goal. I don't... It's got to be like a wonder goal, though, so nobody on our team is at fault, and Maddie Stevens looks brilliant. That's what I want. 2-1, and that's what I'm going to predict. 2-1 with a Maddie Stevens wonder goal that no goalkeeper in the world, De Gea, could not even come close to touching this Maddie Stevens goal. Uh, but we're still going to win. 2-1. Amen. Amen. So what do you got, Shimmy? Fair enough. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to say we amp it up a little bit. That we... Amp it up. Yeah, that we scored three goals, oh. and I'll, I'll, you know I'll grant you that I, I like love to see Matty Stevens succeed at his namesake club, Stevenage Stevens Age. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a three-one score. Love it. So I got two-one against the Burger Kings. Shams got three-one against the Burger Kings. Let's dethrone we're them, gonna, baby. We're gonna lay, lay a whopper on them. Three-one. Let's lay a whopper on them. Amen. Let's overthrow. Let's start a revolution and overthrow them. Let's go, baby. All right, Shimmy, we should wrap up there. We are way over time, as we always are. We always <laughs> want to be 45 minutes. We've never been at 45 <laughs> Not minutes. Not even close. Not even close. All right, Shimmy, let's wrap it up there. Up the green vegan rovers. Up the rovers. We are FGR. Raise hail. Praise, praise Dale. Dale. Can't forget that. <laughs> Can't forget that. We always got to raise hail. And praise, and praise Dale. Dale. Praise his name, brother. All right, take us home, Big Time Tommy. It's Big Time Tommy, and here's my thought of the day. While it may not always fill your bank account to help somebody in need, it will fill your heart. So you don't always need to receive to give because it is a good feeling to help somebody. And that's the old school way. OS for life. Take it easy.